You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy. You are listening now to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, recorded live every Tuesday at eight o'clock on the Sports Therapy Association YouTube channel. How are you doing? Um, if you are joining us live, then thank you very much. Um, tonight is um, a particularly good one to join because what we're going to do once a month is we're going to have a Have Your Say episode, which is basically where we're going to chat, take questions and chat about um, the podcast we've had. Also, it'll be a chance to chat about what's coming up in the next month and also a chance to have your say about anything to do with the sports uh, therapy industry and sports massage therapy. Any questions you might have, whether it's related to the STA or outside the STA. And there'll be people dropping in from the STA team who will be here to talk about what they've been up to, what the STA has been up to and what is coming up in the next month. You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy. Hi, Matt. Yeah, I can now. I had no, I had no audio at all then. I was, uh, was, uh, I was trying to lip read for an introduction. But uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm Gary Benson. I'm the, uh, the founder of the STA um, and uh, general admin to everybody, to all the members. Fantastic. And Catherine? Hello, I'm Catherine. You usually see me in the comments. Um, I'm the regional rep for the North East and Yorkshire. Fantastic. And Keith? Hi, I'm Keith Burnett. I'm the uh, East Midlands representative, uh, lecturer in sport and exercise therapy and all over neck guru, apparently. These are, these days, apparently, I'm called. Fantastic. A fitting title. And Becky? Hi, I'm Becky Carroll. Um, yeah, normally see me in the comments also. Um, Southwest rep. Fantastic. It's so nice having people jumping from the comments up onto the screen. And that's what this um, kind of first Tuesday of every month is all about. If you um, are in the mind that you'd like to come on screen and share something, you don't have to come up for an hour. You might decide you want to come up for 10 minutes. This is your chance to come up, have your say, as long as obviously it's respectable and polite and kind of inclusive and diverse and all that sort of stuff. And that's great. Um, People are joining us live in case you listen to the podcast. You're not quite sure what's going on. Then the idea we do it live because people can come to the live lounge. So already we've got uh, people like Glenn Murphy is in the house. And when you do join us live, you can bring messages up. Glenn Murphy said, good evening, folks. And that's come up on the screen. Nikki Mansfield is here showing her beautiful dialect through words with all white groovers. I hope everyone's had a fabulous day so far. That's where she's from, Nikki, from this kind of uh, North London. Um, And also I've got Catherine Reimer, who says no sound, Matt, who's... (laughs) It's got a doppelganger because she's actually up on screen as well. So there we go. This is all going to have to be heavily edited. So here we are. Um, Thanks for joining us, guys. Um, As always, people who do join us live, if you want to chuck some questions in for anyone in particular or just general, anything to do with the Sports Therapy Association or soft tissue um, therapy in general, then chuck those questions into um, the comment section and whoever you direct it to will answer it. But um, I thought we'd start maybe with some housekeeping, Gary, maybe, because this is a chance for our 2,500 listeners to know what you do every day in terms of chasing people. Yeah, OK. So um, as, as the members already know, we, September and October, we're heavily involved in auditing members' CPD and the individual Dropbox folders. So 
Um, I, I don't want to sound like a, um, a broken record, but we do encourage all members to go to their Dropbox folder and make sure that they have named all of the images in there. So if you've got a picture of a certificate, a level four sports massage certificate, for example, we'd appreciate if you'd label it as such rather than just have an image 005 because, you know, 1100 members, six or seven unidentified images in each person's Dropbox, you know, 7,000, two of us auditing, it can become quite tiresome. So if everybody could, um, you know, please, please, please um, send in your um, your CPD statement when you renew. Um, the easiest way to do it is send it to jake at the sta.co.uk. Um, he will put it in your Dropbox folder, issue you a new membership certificate. If you look in your folder and you haven't got a membership certificate that's in date and you have renewed, it's very likely that we're waiting for a bit of information. And if you check your junk mail, you may well have an email asking for your CPD file. Um, it's also our annual audit of the STA because we're not a profit association. So we have an independent audit every year and that's actually taking place tomorrow. So. Apologies if you try and get in touch with the office tomorrow. We're going to be um, busy all day, I'm afraid. Um, and then, yeah, we, it's that time of year when colleges and universities have gone back. So we're getting lots of inquiries for, from colleges for how the SGA can support their student cohorts. And we're doing quite a lot of Zoom meetings at the moment rather than going as we used to do on road trips and going visiting. We're doing a lot of um, sort of introductions and Q&As over Zoom, which is um, a lot more efficient. Um, we can do two or three of those in a day, whereas before, if I was traveling, it would be one a day. Um, so, yeah, very busy. As you know, Matt, we're getting ready for Therapy Expo, which is getting ever closer. And so there's a lot, a lot happening in the background. Um, and, yeah, that's that's an update for me, for me really. Brilliant. So, and that's kind of really cool because, so, did you say 1,100 members? Yes. Okay. So, if we, we last month we got something like 2,762 downloads. So, I'm presuming that that's all of the STA members, plus obviously about 1,200 who haven't discovered this yet or haven't quite realized the benefit of joining the STA. So, that should go out to everybody now. So, hopefully, now, tomorrow they go, that's your job done. You can put your feet up for the rest of the month. Thank you. Great. <laughs> hopefully right okay cool so um yeah therapy expo indeed that is coming up and for those of you who haven't been aware what we've been doing on the podcast is now inviting people who are going to join us in the sta theater uh, speakers and um, to come along and give people a little taste of what their presentation is going to be about so we've been doing that for a couple of months now and last month in september we had three such guests coming up um i just want to do a brief obviously you guys are all very busy i know um, but some of you might be familiar with the speaker. Some of you might have had a chance to listen to the podcast. All of these presentations, all of these episodes were available, I should repeat, on uh, popular podcast apps. Whether If you're on your iPhone, you've probably got an innate podcast app on there. Um, I got asked the other day, somebody said, how, how do I, somebody online said, can I watch a replay of these or listen to a replay of these episodes? And it just reminded me that not everyone knows what a podcast is. And I explained, yeah, it's a podcast. You can just download an app and it's like, opened up their lives to free cpd so yeah podcasts mean you can listen for free at any time on your device you just need to download an app from the google store or the iphone app demon place wherever that is um, or you can watch the video on youtube and you can also go to the sta.co.uk and you can watch um, the video there the advantage of going to the website the sta.co.uk and youtube is you get to see all the show notes you get to see the links for the speakers and websites of interest so 
Um, so there we go. Yes, Therapy Expo. So last week uh, we talked to the wonderful James Earls um, of Born to Move and also author of the books Born to Walk, Understanding the um, Human Foot, um, and also his original book, Fascial Release for Structural Balance. Um, um, I love James to bits. Well, I love all my guests to bits. I particularly like James. Anyone who has listened to James before will know that, for example, his first book um, with the fascial release for structural balance, he was working very closely with Thomas Myers um, with all the anatomy trains. Um, and then in this episode, he talks how he eventually looking at the evidence a little bit, he distanced himself from that whole kind of structural, um, very fascist way of looking at the human body. Um, and he feels bad about it, looking back and some of the things he said. But I found myself having to say, don't worry, mate, it's OK. Relax, don't beat yourself up. And that's a common theme, isn't it? Because we know that it's difficult for therapists to to evolve and have to kind of take back some of the things they said um, maybe even a month ago or two months ago, definitely 10 years ago. It wasn't so long ago that myself and Gary were experimenting with sink plungers and trying to lift up um, IT bands. Um, because we thought that would be a neat way of separating it from the quad and really getting our fingers in there and undo adhesions. So that was only about 12 years ago. So things change. I haven't hold, held onto a sink plunger for that reason for ages. Um, just briefly on that theme of having to change, we've talked about it a lot. But Keith, you recently did a presentation basically on that, didn't you? Your last decade um, of work at the, what presentation was it? The Sports Massage Academy Annual Conference. Yeah, that's correct. Um, I got brought in by by Alex to uh, provide an insight to the to the delegates regards to it. It was a, a discussion on working in elite sport, but it was it was talking about how to get there and the changes from a level three massage therapist where I became from 2010 and the progression and, and sort of considerations. And it, it, it was a, a sort of process to give a bit of aspiration and direction for, for people, but to humanize the direction of travel as well in, in the sense of where people's got the possibility that I started off in 2010 doing my level three sports massage. And obviously as we've, we've changed and progressed on there, it was the direction of travel is seeing again, um, the expectation of what, what organizations want and sports want in order to be able to work there. So it was a, a good insight really to show working in elite sport, but the mindset of it was, it was a, it was a reflective journey, really, and, and give them an insight. Was there when you look back at ten years? I think it depends what sort of personality you've got. But are are you able to look back and think, "Wow, what was I saying then?" Um, yeah, most most definitely. The, the 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 thing is in terms of beliefs and 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 sort of you replicate what tutors tell you. You you basically don't really look on the insight of research. And obviously, as, as I've evolved as an academic, as well as a practitioner, you get the, the sort of difference of, well, actually, what things are occurring? What am I telling my clients are occurring for them to actually believe why they're getting better? Um, but it was really how I've evolved to view things. So it most definitely, most definitely, in 10, 12 years since I started, um, the narrative have changed. In theory, the use of things, you get some people obviously quite extreme against manual therapy, but the narrative had changed in terms of why we're doing it and what we're informing. Um, there was a great, great chat um, from Chris Peel um, from University of Salford, and he talked about um, beyond manual therapy, looking at the biopsychosocial model. 
And the great thing that he in, his insight was, was just a fantastic takeaway from, from that session. Um, his was, well, actually, if you think about it, there's a, a need for manual therapy because people are still coming to the, the therapist to have them. We're not, we're not poisoning their mind to give them lies and whatnot. There is an element of biopsychosocial where they're feeling good, their moods are good, their sleeping's better. So it's actually how we utilize our understanding of massage, of what they're using. So say as, as, as a starting off where sports massage was my only sort of tool, where now it's a modality of treatment, the, the, the shift is changing, but the importance hasn't. Very interesting. Yeah, great summary. Um, Becky, you've uh, obviously are far, far younger than Keith. Anyone watching this show can see that clearly. But um, have you seen a few changes as well in your, in, in your narrative? And does it bother you? Has it bothered you? Or have you found ways to evolve without feeling embarrassed or like imposter syndrome sitting in? Oh, I have imposter syndrome every day. Um, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I, I was looking back at some of my um, notes, from, my client notes from 2008-ish, and, you know, there's, there's talk of locating trigger points and breaking down bits and pieces, and it does make me blush a little bit, but it's what I knew to be what I thought was true at the time. Um, I think as long as you can accept that it's what you thought to be true at the time, and you, you can evolve from that, and you know, like what um, James was saying last week. Is it James? Mm, James last week, yeah. Can you lean forward a bit, Becky? Sorry, I know you're a little bit under the weather, but um, your voice is lower than normal. Um, yeah, what James was saying last week is that, you know, evolving is a good thing. Um, and, you know, to, to be able to actually admit that is equally a good thing. Um, but it is embarrassing, yeah, when you think back at what you were saying before and, and how <laughs> it doesn't really ring true anymore, but it's just life, isn't it? I think we've heard from a few of our speakers that we get embarrassed or we might get hang-ups, imposter syndrome, but clients don't really care. Clients actually may well like to hear you, what's that really long word, disembobulate, disembobulating, I can never remember it, but not knowing what the true thing is, they don't mind, they don't expect to be treated like a car, we've invented that. They're, they know they're not a Fiat Panda and they know there's not a manual to fix them, so they don't mind you going, actually it could be this, well we've tried that, but they probably quite like it. Um, Gary, words of wisdom. You've been around the block a few times. Yeah, uh, thanks, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, if, if you look at my journey um, from a coaching and fitness background before I went into manual therapy, should we say, um, and, and I was, I suppose, guilty of believing everything that my tutor said a little bit like all of us when we, you know, we go on a course, we pay in good money, you know, sometimes several thousand pounds. Um, and you listen to your tutor and, and uh, the narrative that goes with it and you take that away and you start using it in clinic. But, uh, you know, if I look back on my journey and I'll try and explain the differences in, in levels shortly, but if I look back on my journey, you know, when I came into this industry, 90% of what I did was manual therapy and 10% of what I did was kind of movement-based. And I come from a movement-based background with, with sports coaching. So I moved away from the things that I know work, the repetition and the chaining of, of, of skills. Um, and, and I went into this 90% of manual therapy. But over the over the over uh, my career, I suppose, until I 
I stopped working in clinic about five years ago. Uh, I just didn't have the capacity for it anymore. But also as well, I, you know, I was involved in, in arguments with Mr. Meekins, you know, about the, the benefits or the, the, uh, the shortcomings of manual therapy. Uh, but, you know, the natural progression for me was to, when I finished, about 10% of what I was doing was manual therapy and about 90% of what I was doing was movement, mo- mobilizing, and mobility. Um, but I think it's important that we, you know, we reflect and say that if you do a level three course, you know, the assessment criteria for level three is assessing you on the application of your skills. So if you're if you're entering this industry and you are looking at a level three course, you are going to be assessed on how you give a massage. It's not until you start the analysis type activities at level four and the synthesis type activities at level five and then the critical reflection at level six that you actually look back at your your career journey and think, actually, you know, what I was saying wasn't right. But at the time, I did think it was right. So I've got no problem with people, you know, doing a course implementing that but the worst thing that we can do as an educator is is produce clones of ourselves you know what we what we're trying to do is empower people to use the skills that they've developed through a lifetime of of life the university of life and put those together with a bit of manual therapy with a bit of narrative so that the client gets an outcome because you know, in our industry, people buy people, we don't buy services, you know, we don't, it's, there's no benefit, in my opinion, of advertising, you do kinesiology taping and rigid taping and dry needling, etc. Because people are not turned on by that. What they want to know is, can you help me run faster, run further, jump higher, achieve a PB? So people want, you know, our industry needs to be personable. You know, we need on our social media profiles, we need to have some personal stuff in there about us and how we can make a connection with people rather than just listing services. And and I think, you know, what you said about James before, the first time I met James or or listened to James was in those days when he was, you know, um, echoing the work of Tom Myers and the anatomy trains, etc. And it's, you know, James is a great orator. You know, I love listening to him. I missed last week because I had other commitments. It's the first one I've missed for a long time. But, um, you know, I could listen to James all day. Um, you know, he, he talks complete sense now to me. You know, he, he ticked all of my biases. So, yeah, um, I'm a great fan of his. Yeah, definitely. He's a wonderful orator. Um, and, and, yeah, if you did miss it, um, then, yeah, we're definitely worth checking out. Catherine, you were just nodding in agreement with Gary there. Um, what particular struck a chord with you then? I think it was with um, watching Anna Maria and Paul's um, one, because it was a lot about manual therapy mm. and it's showing how, what we learnt has changed, but it's what we've actually learnt is the basics, but then it's the narrative that's changed throughout actually working with people. So it's looking at the clinical reasoning, using it as a more of a, a, a model a model to help people trust you as well. So it's, it's people get to relax through manual therapy. So that's how I kind of use it with the subjective assessment is it's kind of more of a, a communication tool as well and kind of thing. So yeah, I'd say it's it's I you learn the basics in the course, but then once you actually go out there on your own, that's how you kind of learn, as you were saying, Gary, about um through life, like life learning, that you pick up certain tools and skills through um talking to others um in the industry. 
Well, if you remember about um, a year, 18 months ago, Matt, we did a straw poll of our members to say how much of your the success of your treatment session do you put down to your passive interventions? And, you know, the, the answers that were coming up was, oh, 75, 85%. And we, we said, well, why not think of it as those passive interventions that you're employing, whether that be kinesiology tape or needles or uh, uh, manual therapy, what if that was only... 25%, how do you account for the rest of it? And it's, it's you know, Anna Maria, um, you know, it's a really good chat with Anna Maria and Paul. I mean, Paul was one of my mentors when I worked at Rock Tape. Anna Maria is in my top five people who I trust implicitly, who I can ring up any time of day or night and say, what do you think to this? And I know I'll get a straight answer. But, you know, if we, you know, if, if we look at manual therapy itself, and we look at the narrative that we give with it, you know, Anna Maria's words are, it's about building that therapeutic alliance. And if we build that therapeutic alliance, we are going to get a positive outcome more times than not. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good way to turn the thing. To, like James says, the way he talks about anatomy is taught the wrong way, where we do all the individual bits and then we try and piece it all together. I think what you're saying is, is similar to that, in that if we start thinking, right, foundation is building that therapeutic alliance and then everything else the bits we do the modalities are at the other end then i think that's a healthy way of, of basing a business um and probably could, a could we not sustainable model as well could we not as a therapist and i used to do this i used to block out one session a week irrespective of you know what day it was just at the start of the week or the month just block out one you know and whoever booked into that i would challenge myself to work in a way that i don't usually work so I challenge everybody now, if you're a therapist, you know, and somebody's coming in with a calf issue and you would normally, normally do a bit of massage and some soft tissue release, why not get them sitting on the couch? Why not get them touching their own calf? Why not teach them some of the, the basics of soft tissue release, the short and lock and lengthen? And you explain. So try just once in a while, keeping completely hands off and see if you get a successful outcome just by teaching them to do it. And feedback to me. Let me know if it works. Interesting. Nice idea. It's a Gary Benson challenge. Um, yeah, that would be interesting. Um, Keith, going back to you, it was how did you, with the conference you were at, um, in, if people are interested in what Keith gets up to, it's well worth following him on Facebook. I think it's something very simple, isn't it? It's just Keith Burnett on Facebook, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I've, yeah I've, got you... my, I've got my personal account, and then I've got, uh, I think it's KJB Sports Therapy on um there you go. Yeah, so that that was a lovely photograph from the England, England team. I'm only allowed to, because of this software. I only allowed ten photos in my little folder, but I, there was a lovely one with you in an Iron Maiden t-shirt as well that I wanted to bring up. Well, the, um, it, it's really funny that because obviously with my next stuff, um, I've just gone and bought that. That came from America, so it was it was a nice purchase. It, the, the the smile is really is really natural because it cost me forty five pound, and that's an eight hundred pound piece of equipment. So this person was selling theirs in America. It came and I was dead happy, tried it on. So my colleague at Wolverhampton was like, can I, can I use that photograph for our social media? And I says, well, no, I'd like you to put it on and I'll do the same one with um, with my uniform. So my Wolverhampton uniform, I said, because that's me being a human. And that's what I use for my own personal stuff. You can put me as commercial with my uniform from there. But it is it's the excitement that there's me, a, a normal, listen to me heavy metal while I've got my, my headgear on. 
head banging because then I can measure my own head movements as I'm going on from there. But it's uh, yeah, fantastic. I never realised there was such a story behind that T-shirt. I'm glad that I did have it here waiting now. If you're watching the podcast, listen to the podcast. If you're watching the podcast, congratulations because I don't know how you're doing it. If you're listening to the podcast, then uh, what we've got on the screen now is a picture of um, of our Keith with a fantastic. Uh, apparently brand new straight from the United States Iron Maiden t-shirt on and and explain to us again what's going on with that that headgear so it's a cervical range of movement um it's a it's a basically inclinometer that's built in three ways so it's gold standard if you look at measuring the measuring range of movement you have to do it in different positions um and you've got a inclinometer on on the side of your head one on the front and one on the top so by a seated position you can do all head movements and you've got a separate inclinometer on there. So that's classed as a gold standard piece of kit. So that they're about £800 to buy. And they say this this person was selling up. And they, they I managed to get hold of it for £45. So I was dead excited on that one. And I just happened to have an Iron Maiden t-shirt on as it come through. And as soon as I opened up, I put it on, took a photo. And obviously, it just, it just humanizes that effect of I'm a geek. But I'm a normal geek that likes listening to metal music as well. So now going forward is that's now actually revolutionized my research that I can do because it, it makes it gold standard. Now, the difference is I'm not asking everybody to now do that. Um, there's a there's a, a section in I'm writing a, a section in a, a book or a chapter in a book at the minute. And I'm going through the different ways to measure from very basic head movements all the way to gold standard head movements. Hence why this this piece of kit there. But uh yeah, that's that's that excitement there, really, with that T-shirt. I see it. Um, it, was, um, it. You reminded me of an episode where you were a guest uh, before. I can't remember how long ago it was um, without checking on YouTube. But it was really interesting. I think it's quite inspirational. We had quite a lot of feedback from it about how you managed to get into research, how it wasn't plain sailing at the moment, because you did come across, and people have talked about this before, a certain amount of snobbery that you didn't maybe go to the right college just yeah. give us a brief yeah. chat about that again because I think it was quite inspirational for people who are thinking, you know, setting their levels a bit lower because of, you know, external judgment. Well, it's really funny because what Becky's just said about this uh, imposter syndrome, I've, I've suffered it from a long time now. Um, my background, as I say, I still remember my, co- my school teacher told me to go down the original BTEC route because I'm not clever enough to do A-levels. And that was, that was their ma- mindset and mentality. And so I went, I went down the BTEC route and I've always had this, secondary not good enough comprehensive sort of aspect on there and it's ironically because this was in sort of instilled to me based on my background my upbringing and 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 so forth there i had a i had a uh, high school reunion and brought my teacher back to this reunion my my 10 15 year reunion and she was shocked to hear that i was doing a doctor and she was and you could hear it in her voice when she's like i always knew you'd do well that's not i remember what you said many many years ago <laughs> yeah, yeah that's it that's it but uh, no it, the, the nice thing is as i say i've i've worked now um, in higher education i started off as a secondary school teacher when i did my degree realized i didn't like kids because they don't like sport in these lower levels lower level um, achievement groups um, and then I moved my way up to further education and then I've progressed as I've gone through for education experience, gone up to higher education. But the big thing what I found was um, with some people that go through education, especially if they have never been in a real job other than professional education all the way through, sometimes as this, they work the way up to a high level and they can't associate themselves with people in their, in their department. So they're sort of like, make you think you're a minion working down at the bottom level. The great thing is where um, where I am at Wolverhampton 
it's a university that is widening participation. So it's 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 it brings in a big wide sort of um, level of students that I relate to as when I was that level and, and or that age and go through. And they've humanized all of the levels of education. So I've been brought in now to get involved in active research and I'm still classed as an early early career researcher. Previously, um, if I wasn't, as I say, three, four papers, five papers deep into a PhD, um, there wasn't an interest. Now I'm doing a professional doctorate. And just to explain the difference between a PhD and a professional doctorate, a PhD is your traditional philosophical degree or your philosophical doctorate where a lot of it is a, a question and research and a, and a thesis of 100,000 words or something like that. My professional doctorate is designed for practitioners. So I'm designing output that's going to be used in the industry. So the difference is that there's still this snobbery where it's not a PhD, it's it's a bit lower level. Actually, it's harder to do a, a professional doctorate because it's got to be of a very high quality and it's not your traditional write-up. But the great thing is, as I say, where I work in Wolverhampton is, is that they're basically accepting what I'm doing bringing me parts into that and really encouraging me to the point of now I'm, I'm supervising um, master's students. I'm on panels of ethics. I'm so it's really to build myself up because they realize what I'm doing is a niche area. It's not just a sort of conveyor belt of papers and they want to really sort of get into that, um, that sort of focus, but they're, they're investing heavily in what I'm doing. And that's really getting rid of this, um, this imposter syndrome because I'm now being seen as the person of, of credit of what I'm doing. So it's, it's, yeah, I'm just happy as anything, really. That's fantastic. So the kid who was told, know your level, do a BTEC, is now supervising people doing their masters. Matt, Matt, can I raise a point on that? Because mm. I, I like to see the best in people. And, and when Keith said that, I thought, I wonder if that teacher knew Keith that well and knew he needed a kick up the jacksy and said to him, look, your ceiling's a BTEC. So that that would inspire him to go on and achieve more, and that was working really well until he said he could see the shock in her voice when. She... <laughs> yeah, the, the the funny thing is, ironically, I looked back and reflected, and you talk about where you've come from, and reflection. Most of my academic institutions no longer actually exist, so my school was ripped down. I would so you you, you basically it was a low it was a low um, accomplishment school. It was an um, Ofsted closure school in theory so they they basically got rid of that and i still speak to people i went to school with and they're like oh you're lucky keith i was like how am i lucky we had the same upbringing we did ex i just took an opportunity i left i left grimsby where i'm from i went to, to manchester met university i went through clearing i turned up on the day and realized it wasn't in manchester it was near stoke um so these opportunities you go through but it was only when really when i got to around 28 30 after been in industry through strength and conditioning and teaching and so forth that I got introduced to manual therapy and I just wish I'd have been introduced to it to an early age because it was my it was my forthcoming really and I found really the, the stuff I wanted to do and that's pushed me now the biggest problem I've got now is where's your target because it keeps it's continuous every time I get there I'm, I'm achieving I'm achieving I'm achieving so yeah it's 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 a great one when I go back to this I think it was because we didn't have expectations of people excelling. You you went and you just finished school. If you finished school, and there was a great, there was a great. Um, if you look at the Ali G movie, there's something relate where it says the industry, or the area that is in. There's only two ways out of the out of where he's from. It's either an AK or a BA, and it's you joke around like that. But Grimsby, where I was, is a, it was a um, high poverty, low income industri industrial area that had died, and there wasn't a lot that people went into. 
And I spoke to my teacher afterwards and she left the school since it closed down and she was an estate agent. And my other, my PE teacher that got me into rugby is a truck driver. So it was like, well, so then I went into my, my a campus at Manchester Metropolitan. That's no longer there. That's a housing estate. So there's a, something's patterning, uh, following me where everything closes behind me as I get through to the next <laughs> level. So I don't know. Where you go and study that ends up being demolished. Well, I'm at Leeds. I'm at Leeds Metro. Well, I was at Leeds Metropolitan, and then obviously that changed. Now it's Leeds Beckett. So I'm hoping I did my master's degree there, and it's still there, and I'm doing my doctorate there. So that's fine. Okay, so otherwise it's sounding a bit like a Final Destination movie of some form. It's yeah, excellent. No, but I think that's really inspiring. Um, I did actually find it's episode 15. You were with us, mate. I'm sorry, it's been uh, um, 100 and whatever. Two years. And that's something. okay. Two I've been sat in the corner waiting for the invite, <laughs> just in the, the dark, just shocking and, and rocking. Really I feel like I've let you down. But yeah, it was actually, I can't believe it. I'm still doubting it. It's actually episode 15, uh, which you can watch on YouTube or listen on the podcast. Uh, neck and head injuries with special guest Keith Burnett. Yeah. Um, yeah, amazing story. Really cool. Right. Where are we? Um, before I move on, Catherine or Becky, have you got any questions you want to ask Keith or? Not to put you on the spot or anything. No, not at all. No. Um, we're going to have to get you back on because we've been working through the body and um, we started off with the feet. And um, when we get to the head, mate, obviously that's your domain. It's yeah, funny. I'm just, I'm just seeing a comment from Nikki where it says she's just called me a, Coven, uh, a Coventrian. Now, yeah. I used to work at Coventry University and she just said about my, my uh, northern accent. Now, I work with England Rugby League and our camp is up in Sheffield and across the Pennines. Every time I go to camp, I come back, everyone keeps saying I sound so strong northern. And now I'm over in the West Midlands and the accent's completely different. So you'll, you'll see my accent changes, depends who I've been invited to see. Chameleon. Fantastic. Um, fine, right. So in that case, yeah, we will do it when we get um, up to uh, looking at injuries, common injuries of the head, then that'd be great if you can come back because, yeah, you have put, it's not only have you excelled and reached these heights, you're actually setting new levels and standards and bringing out new information with regards to the treatment um, and management of necker injuries, aren't you? You're coming well, up with stuff which. This is where it's evolved from because when I did my master's degree, we I just looked at common treatments of the neck injuries. Now, obviously, we see a lot of injuries, and, and quite recently I've seen in, in lower-level rugby where neck injuries have either been career-ending or, or long-time um, re rehab. And where my doctorate's actually progressed onto now is looking at what is the rehabilitation strategies of, of, of rugby. So empirical evidence, you can actually look at the, the journals, you can look at the books and everything from there. And there's not really a, a, there's not really a consensus because injuries change and whatnot. But what I did instead of going down empirical is like saying, okay, so this is what you're guided to do. I'm now in the stage where I'm out, actually out there and I'll probably speak to um, our, our, our delegates in, in, in the groups and, and part of, of the STA and all the other professional associations. But looking at practitioners, what are they actually doing? Because what I'm trying to do is actually give a holistic review of practice. So it's not only the empirical, it's actually what are you doing if you was to face with a neck strain or, or cervical um, yeah, dislocation, worst case scenario. Have you got the knowledge and confidence to be able to rehabilitate that person back? Because unfortunately, looking at a lot of the stuff out there is if the lecturers aren't informing the students, the students don't get to do it. Mm -hmm. And then if their information isn't there, ways of the learning so i'm hoping in a, a couple of years time this is all out there and hopefully it's adding adding to what people need really fantastic that sounds amazing 
Um, right now, I'm glad that uh, Becky and Catherine are here because I wanted to, as you're both here, have a little chat about. Uh, we mentioned Paul Coker and Anne Maria, who are going to be speaking at the, in the STA Theatre at Therapy Expo on the Thursday, Thursday, 24th of November. This is at 9 a.m. I think the deadline's gone now for getting a cheap ticket. Um, but don't forget, there is still. Oh no, Gary's shaking his head. Is it still? Is there still time to get a cheap ticket, Gary? Uh, there is for STA members, yeah. We've got oh, a... for STA members, it's true. Yeah. There is still the discount. Um, so if you are an STA member, then happy days. Um, just make sure you talk to your regional rep or email if you're not sure. Go to the members area on Facebook. Um, if you're not a member of the STA, then there's still time technically to join the STA and get a discount on Therapy Expo. Not that that's the only reason. But um, this year we have got the, uh, once again, the STA Theatre with some wonderful speakers, like I've said. And one guy I'm very excited to hear in the flesh. So I wanted to get him last year. Uh, but he was busy. Um, let me just bring him up onto the screen. There he is, the man himself. Uh, Dr. Gary Mendoza, who we had the pleasure of chatting to again um, in STA episode 117, which was at the beginning of September, um, talking about um, understanding your client's behaviour change journey. Um, and again, it just tickled my um, biases and confirmation, everything. It was just it's all about communication and understanding your client's journey and whether they are ready to make a change and adjusting your language and incorporating them totally into what you're telling them. So, um, Catherine and Becky, you actually done the course, haven't you, with uh, Dr. Gary Mendoza? I haven't yet, but I'd like to on my list. Oh, I thought you both went. Oh, was it? Oh, in that case, I, I don't know how to bring you in now, Becky. <laughs> Catherine, you did it, didn't you? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> um, it was when Mike Grice, I think, had put it as um, I think it was like a first one that he wanted to try and get people involved. Uh, so I did that. It was probably, I think it was last year. Now I did that one, and it what was some of the take homes for you. It was leaving pauses. It's, oh, it's no. hard to hard to not hard to leave pause or think ahead about what you're going to say when you're trying to you're just wanting to listen to what they're saying, and then. Um, say the what they've said back to you uh, you say it back to them so it's in a way and then they should agree so it's it's making sure that you've understood what they've said uh, it's like um i can't remember what words are now um but yeah i really enjoyed and it'd be nice to see gary in the in actually in face to face as well yeah amazing another great speaker yeah. um and uh yeah you can check out that episode episode 117 um, and like I say, if you are going to Therapy Expo this year and you're trying to work out who you're going to cram into the two days, there's about 80 presentations or something because we did talk to Liam Richardson, the manager of content, and it's impossible to see everything. So you're going to have to, you know, like the good old days when there was only three channels on TV, you just have to get a bit of paper and circle out what you're going to watch at what time. But Gary Mendoza, I, I, I hate recommending CPD for everyone, but if I was going to recommend one for everybody, and then it would be um, Gary, who's going to be talking in the STA Theatre on Thursday, the 24th at 11.30, because it's an area which we just don't know enough about um, communication, understanding what our clients are saying, giving them time, like Catherine's just said, having those little skills, which Gary just shares so wonderfully, allowing opening doors for the client to actually say what they want to say. If it means putting your hand over your mouth or counting five every time they stop speaking, all the little tips he gives. Yeah, it's um, like listening out for a change talk and that kind of thing as well. So where you can hear for, oh, yeah, I'll try. And you're like, mm, you're not quite there. So you go, okay. So it's it's being aware of how they're phrasing things as well. Amazing. Yeah. Really, really good. Uh, so Becky is tempted by it. We should be, you know, one of the best testimonials is going to happen. If Becky's considering you for CPD, and that is a 
pretty good. I think you've got any website. Um, <laughs> Becky, you're yeah. coming to Therapy Expo, aren't you? I am. Yeah. Okay. Could you give us a little? Have you just have you kind of had a look at who's coming and who particularly you'd like to listen to? Um, I've made a start trying to um, think about who I'm seeing at what time, but it's quite tricky. Go on, share it if you can. Anybody particular come to? Um, Remember, listeners, you haven't got to go to what Becky goes to. Okay, it's all very individual CBD choices, depends on where you are in your career. But oh yes, I'm looking forward to seeing um, Jenny Burrell. Um, yes. That'll be one that I'm yeah. interested in. Yeah, Jenny, um, we're going to have Jenny on in the uh, show. I'm trying to get her for next week. She's a very busy lady. She's going to be talking about uh, beyond just pregnancy massage, which is going to be yeah, looking further than just what can I do for this pregnant woman? Give her a massage. So looking at much more than that, the way therapists can help. Yeah, that's going to be great. We've had Jenny on the show before. Um, I think that's uh, about 10.30 or something on the Wednesday um, yeah, 10 to 10 yeah, that's gonna be great. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be a good one. And um, it's yeah, it's interesting. I'd be interested to see the uh, we'll go along and see um, Deb and Fiona, the circular table situation. Yeah, that's, that's going to be opening up on the Wednesday, isn't it? Yeah, that is a lovely idea. Um, with uh, three, um, I've got a fourth person I'm speaking to who's just got to sort some stuff out, but we'll add an interesting dynamic to it as well. But yeah, um, it'll be a half an hour of listening to them having a great chat the ladies from the women in sports therapy podcast um chatting about everything to do with being a woman in sports therapy which would be a great it's way of the idea that you can actually just sit there and get involved in conversation is quite a unique that's great and i really appreciated what you said last week when you were in the other end in the chat and something I want to just replicate again that we talked last week with James, who admitted that he just he doesn't like expositions and conventions because he just doesn't like being surrounded by so many people and all the noise and the selling and the kind of he doesn't like it. As soon as he's finished his presentation, he wants to run away. And it was great that he's got the you know the confidence to say that. You'd think as being a world class, internationally acclaimed you know writer and speaker, he'd be yeah, I'll be there to answer your questions and sign your books. Don't you worry, have a photo with me. He just says, no, I don't really like it. I want to get away. And it's like, brilliant. But we understand, I think, what we hopefully, people I've met in the STA is, we understand that there's going to be lots of people who feel about like that in November. So if you are feeling like that, then Becky has guaranteed that she will give you 25 minutes and a cup of coffee. Just queue up. There'll be a little stand there. And you're welcome to talk to Becky. No, you just come on over. And any of us, you're welcome to um, say, oh, hi, I'm so-and-so. Um, and that's fine. We'll have a little chat, sit down, welcome you, give you a bit of help, guide you, and just make you feel like it's not a massive party that you weren't invited to. Um, so do use this. Sorry. So again? I think that's the beauty of the SBA is that, you know, I only came to the SBA in COVID, um, in lockdown, and before then I was very much, you know, alone. Um, and I didn't see it previously and just wandered around all on my own. Well, I like Luster really, whereas last year was my first year at the SBA and it's lovely. Everyone's really fun. That's really cool. So you've been to the Therapy Expo before when you weren't with the STA and it was all a little bit like James was suggesting last week, a bit like this massive things and not really feeling a bit left out and then being part. And that's what it's supposed mm -hmm. to be about, isn't it, Gary? That must be quite nice to hear that. And that's the idea, isn't it, of professional association to help you, support you, welcome you? Yeah, I think... Um... When I set out, I never wanted anybody to feel isolated, you know, because you do your course 
you know you you get your certificate you go and start practicing and then you unless you keep in touch and you know alex hall is one of the people who who really looks after his alumni um but he's about the only one in the industry training provider wise who does that so to have a sounding board to have you know somebody on the end of the phone if you need to talk to somebody at nine o'clock at night you know if something's happened in clinic that's what the sta is all about um so yeah it's really reassuring to to hear that but just before my uh rural internet connection um went i was listening to to you all talking about gary mendoza and one of the anecdotes that he gave which is the takeaway point for me you know somebody who went on one of his courses said that they've got this really difficult client and you know we all have that one client who who we can't really make heads or tails of you know we can't improve them they keep coming back and we really lost as to what they're trying to achieve and what we're trying to do to them and it was interesting that gary said that you know this guy went away and after he'd done his course and he rang him up a few days later he said oh you know that really difficult client i've got well you'll never believe what's happened but she's just come around to my way of thinking and you know as gary said probably it was the way you were communicating or weren't communicating that was the issue nothing to do with her and i've met gary a couple of times and i spoke to him at the elite expo down in london this year and i'd, I'd love to spend more time in his company because he's very you know he's a, he's a good orator as well like you know like james um and i just think we've got a really really strong lineup this year um but interestingly i i sent the link to my daughter who's a, a an ex um a pti in the, in the raf um, and she listened to it and she said this is a course that i need to do you know, so it, it's not just our industry. You know, she, she's from a uh, from a fitness background, if you like. And she's thinking, yeah, I really need to do this. So it will help her with her coaching business. So, uh, you know, again, I, I would say if you, if you want to see somebody, go and see Gary because you won't be disappointed. Solid advice. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, just to remind you, because we will do a get together once a month, like I say, the first Tuesday every month we do this, um, and you're welcome to join us and ask questions. It's been a little bit quiet there. Um, obviously, Nikki has made up for that um, with the presence of like 10 people in there. But um, yeah, if you are listening to this podcast and you do want to join us and ask some industry specific questions, any of you 2,762 people, come along. You can hopefully hear from tonight that it's not exactly the most uh, formal, organized um, and kind of like snobby atmosphere in here whatsoever and um, we are welcome you to uh talk about anything and ask us anything um what i will do just quickly is bring up on the screen um the itinerary for therapy expert and then i won't do it again for a month i promise so on the wednesday we've already mentioned a few of it on the wednesday um at uh 9 15 we have got the round table chat with the wist um uh, women in sports therapy um, people so dr fiona higgs and deborah thurlow will be here and um, that'll be like i say all of this is in the sta um, theater um, after that we have jenny bowl as we mentioned doing beyond pregnancy massage james earls is then later on at 11 30 with understanding the human foot um, and then at 1 45 um, after the lunch break we've got male pelvic health uh, red flags with bill taylor it's gonna be fantastic all these people have been guests on the podcast so the idea is you can have a little listen to um, what they talk about and make your decision based on that that helps you as whether you're going to come along um then uh the wonderful dr claire minchell is going to be with us at 3 15 talking about critical differences between strength and power a firm favorite with the sta crowd um if you're into adding some kind of strength training into your um, the way you work with clients then dr claire minchell is uh, a very good stop 
um, pit stops, have a little look and see how you can um, improve what you're supplying to people. And then at the end of the day, um, we have Chris Tiley, um, uh, very popular last year, is coming back to the STA Theatre at 4.45 with encouraging our ageing population to get strong. Um, that'll be closing the day. And that, you think, would be f- enough. But no, because then we move on to uh, the Thursday um, where we will start off with, let me get past there, uh, Massage and Therapy and Modern View. So we've got Paul Coker and Anna Maria Mazzieri who are joining their Scottish and Italian powers to deliver just what will be in a fantastic half hour called Man- uh, Massage and Therapy and Modern View. It'll be something for you guys to recommend to people who you think just need a bit of help to evolve a little bit in a friendly way to move on to catch up with 2022 in a non-threatening way really that'd be a great way to uh, recommend people um, to do that so that'll be starting off thursday then move on to the dancers foot the wonderful liz bailey if you work with dancers or interested in working with dancers liz is just so hot at the moment in terms of that she has progressed again a fantastic story originally studied um, i think gary you were tutor when he for liz um back in yeah, the day yeah yeah wasn't yeah um, and then she's moved on to wonderful things currently working with i think two or three at the same time musicals uh, west end musicals just fantastic journey so liz will be with us at 10 o'clock understanding client's behavior change journey we mentioned dr gary mendoza that's 11 30 and then after lunch we've got emma brockwell again a fantastic story as well if you haven't if you're not familiar with um physio mum um, or the uh, athletic female, then Emma Brockwell and Gornia Donnelly have done some fantastic things. They've been guests on the show, and Emma will be presenting in person, returning to running postnatal. Um, and then ending the day on Thursday will be uh, James Chapman um, uh, talking about mental first aid. He's a mental first aid instructor. Um, and again, that was really well received uh, by um, our audience when James was a guest on the show. Um, and I think that'd be a wonderful way to end the day um so do come and join us if you're going to therapy expo um and if you listen to the podcast um and you are looking at a cheap way of getting there well i've already said it there you go we won't say the code out loud uh, because you're not an sta member yet we won't do that again um but yeah but that's not the only reason to join the sta whatsoever and hopefully by listening to the wonderful guests we've had tonight we've given you a little incentive for what we're all about um right eight fifty four. Anything else anybody's on their mind? Anything you'd like to discuss? Oh, oh no, actually, I won't bring that up yet. Is there anything else anybody wants to say? I just, uh, it's good going through that, Matt, through that itinerary mm. for Therapy Expo. And, and when you mentioned Liz, mm. if you, I don't know if you remember, but when, when we invited her to come on to the first pod, well, it, her first podcast, you know, when mm. it would be 18 months, two years ago, she was really mm. nervous. And now, mm. She's every time I turn Twitter on, she's on the podcast or, you know, yeah. it's, it's, and she's really, really well received. And, you know, she, from the uh, there's an advisory board working with Therapy Expo for the content and to help Liam identify. And and I wasn't the only person who recommended Liz, you know, and so I'm really looking forward to catching up with her. Um, and I don't know if, if you don't follow her on on social media, you should do, because some of the um some of the dancing she does because she's from a dance background and some of the the flexibility stuff is it's mind-blowing and i always say it's like looking in a mirror list you know and I, I, I even tie my own shoelaces yeah it's a great story uh, i've known liz for years i remember when she was debating we were chatting about she was should i study physiotherapy or should i go and do this it was she went through what so many people are currently going through now and that's why i love in the same way as following keith your story is if you're out there and you're going through the same sort of thing where you're trying to choose your pathway and maybe you're getting people saying you can't do that 
know your level or maybe you're trying to make decision between sports therapy or physiotherapy there's hopefully we're bringing you and showing you that people who you might look up to and think i'm never going to reach that they did the same journey you know they did the same journey and and it sounds a bit of a cliche but anything is possible you know with a bit of self-belief and the right contacts and belonging to the right professional association you can do anything you can do anything Right. Um, I'm not going to even talk about, I've only got five minutes left, so I don't think I need to um, actually mention <laughs> what we were going to talk about. Maybe we'll say that for another time. Um, so um, thank you, Catherine, for joining okay. us. Um, Catherine Reimer, you're the rep for, just repeat again, so uh, listeners can hear. Northeastern Yorkshire. Of course it is, Louise, Yorkshire. that could be anywhere else. <laughs> And Becky, you are at uh, Southwest. Southwest, exactly. I love these uh, travelling through the UK with a different accents. Keith, recently returned back to the East Midlands, so took took back up my post back up in the in this area, which is nice to be back again. There you go, which Nicky's very pleased about. And then Gary is the founder. He's kind of oversees all of us. Um, and as always, if you do like the STA, then I just have to say openly again that it's all thanks to the man down there. You know. You can't see it if you're in the, uh, the podcast, but the man on the bottom right there um, is where it all stems down from. They talk about a leader affecting everyone kind of like below, metaphorically speaking, kind of thing. But it is thanks to Gary Benson, his vision and what he wanted to achieve through the STA that I think um, we're all here anyway. And hopefully we're producing what is making Gary proud. So oh, something in my eye. But uh, yeah, so thanks, Gary. I hope it is working well for you. I'm pretty sure it is. He seemed happy, man. Yeah, um, I, I think I, I said it on a, a, I think the last update, but, you know, I, I am really proud of, of the team that we've put together. Um, you know, we've all got different areas of expertise. Um, we're all approachable. You know, we're all, um, we're, we're all developing in our roles. You know, this is, this is, this was on, you know, uncharted ter- territory for me. I, you know, I've been involved in the industry for, for, for quite some time. And I was kind of disappointed the way that professional association represented me. Um, and so I thought, well, let's do this better. And yeah, I mean, it was, it was not easy. It was not an easy decision to make. And, you know, there was sleepless nights and anxiety. But, you know, over the last, uh, since 2014, February 2014, you know, we've, we've got together now a really good team of people who, uh, you know, I'm extremely proud of. So thank you all. Thank you all for me. Wonderful. Right. Okay, guys, uh, we'll we'll be back next week. We'll be bringing you speakers uh, leading up to Therapy Expo. We'll be doing that for the rest of the month. And as always, there'll be another Have Your Say at the beginning of November. And then before we know it, it'll be time, hopefully, to see some of you listeners and people who join us live, actually, in at the NEC. So uh, looking forward to that, obviously. Um, So uh, if you guys who on the screen here hang around, I'll say goodbye personally. But people in the live lounge, thanks for joining us um we love you joining us live it makes all the difference it just i wouldn't do it like i say if it was just recorded i couldn't do it i like this live thing going on so thank you people who do turn up to join us we appreciate it and hopefully we'll see some of you who listen to the podcast next week live at the youtube channel for the sports therapy association eight o'clock every tuesday look after each other and take care you're listening to the sports therapy association podcast putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy